Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform. And follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Welcome to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. This is Jared podcasting alongside Lucas, Wyatt, Bart, and Aiden. This is our 167th week and still going strong. Thank you for tuning in for this episode. Um, let's start it off like we normally do with little news we missed. Most important news this week is that Aaron Rodgers is going on a darkness retreat where he will spend four days in complete <laughs> darkness in a house alone. He said. He said. Uh, it's to find clarity, right? He, he needs oh, to. Like what to do in his future? Yeah. yeah he said yeah. A, a few of his friends had done it, and they had like raving reviews or something. So he wanted Profa- to try like, it. They had a profound experience. Or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like hey, he said. Things, like he responded to like some troll or something. Yeah. 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 He responded to like some troll just saying. Uh, be curious, not judgmental. So, okay. I will be curious about how he comes out of this retreat, if he hallucinates or something it's like too. Like a Ted we'll Lasso see. quote, right? Is it? It might be that. It sounded like <laughs> definitely like a thing, but I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Wyatt, this is probably bad news for your Giants rebuild here. Uh, Daniel Jones's price tag is expected to be between thirty-five and thirty-seven million dollars per year next year. I hope somebody according signs to insiders him for that much. Not us. <laughs> I think he's gonna price <laughs> himself <laughs> out of New York, which is fine. He's gonna price. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. he'll be Jets able to afford like him. a. Yeah. yeah, Jets will get him. Exactly. With what that money, move? you can probably okay. get like what eight hundred square feet. Yeah, one bedroom apartment. I know he's moving out of his studio yeah. with this mm-hmm. contract. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Big upgrade. I mean, a rookie, a rookie contract actually in New York would probably be if you were like the seventh rounder and got drafted there. Like, I don't, I don't know how much they make, but you'd probably make like the the average amount of like a Wall Street person, maybe even less. They probably live in. Jersey though, I don't know if that changes. Yeah, East Rutherford. Yeah, yeah, what are East Rutherford prices like yeah. these days? Mm-hmm. I'm not, not up on that market. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll do my research. Right? Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Super Bowl is coming up this weekend, but before we get into a full blown, full blown preview, uh, I thought one thing that was interesting. There's not expected to be any crypto commercials this year at the Super Bowl. Uh, last year was the Crypto Bowl, but after oh, FTX's tables, yeah, after FTX's bankruptcy and like all this shady stuff going on there, um, I think that the network, uh, like Fox, kind of pulled the plug on a couple other deals that were potentially going through. So, um, and it's also funny too because the FTX commercial where Larry David was like, "And eh, that's probably not going to pay off, uh, pay off, or take off rather." He was unintentionally correct, <laughs> essentially about it not taking off. Less than a year later, the company is bankrupt now. So, very interesting. I thought. I mean, um, another thing, <laughs> shocker. Well, I don't know. They, they. Were, I don't know. Yeah, it is. If somebody can explain to me what crypto is, 
like what it actually is and how it's useful, I'll accept. Uh, I'll take back what I just said. Blockchain. Blockchain. <laughs> yeah, blockchain is all I <laughs> If you don't understand that. Matt Damon was that, describing it to me yesterday <laughs> and it made total sense. So I don't, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He was on Mars, though, so how do you, how do you contact you? <laughs> uh, I'm just joking. I hate that commercial. Uh, commercials, though, that will you will be getting a lot more of, though, is beer commercials. Might not seem out of the ordinary, but the thing that's changing this year is they won't all be Anheuser-Busch. They, uh, they used to have an exclusive like contract with the NFL or Super Bowl where only they were the only oh. beer company that could advertise. So, so Budweiser, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra. Now, now that exclusive contract. This is the first year since like, uh, I think it was like '98 or '88. I can't remember which one, but first, first time in a while um, where you're going to see beer commercials from other brands. How much so is that contract? that's expected to be. That's insane. insane. Yeah, that like is insane. Yeah, that would be insane. Contract for exclusive. That's <laughs> like exclusive. Wow. Yeah. And Those beer doesn't even deals. taste. Yeah. I, I hope like. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you gotta I hope start like Coors or somebody comes out big, exactly like a, a fun ad. <laughs> yeah. Screw those horses and all of Budweiser's fun stuff. You know, it's over. It's done. <laughs> End of an era. Yes, more fun stuff coming up this weekend, though. Obviously, the Super Bowl, the Chiefs and Eagles will be facing off this coming Sunday. Um, let's just get into it, Lucas. Where do you think the Eagles have the edge, and where do you think the Chiefs have the edge here? So I think, um, and maybe this is bold to say, I think that the Eagles have the edge in everything except quarterback play and in coaching. Um, but you don't have to take my word for it. We're going to go by one by one, most of the position groups, and I'll explain to you exactly why I think the Eagles overall have the edge in this game. Again, aside from those two things, which again, I'll admit, quarterback coaching maybe two of the most, if not the most important things you can have. Um on a football team. But quarterback, we'll start with that. Hurts Mahomes. Mahomes, I think you just have to give the edge to. He's very clearly on pace to be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Um, he's not inevitable in the way that... I, I, I don't know why I have such a thing with Nick Wright at this point, but it's just, like, infuriating <laughs> at some point. Like, after... He is. Right, I'll, I'll, this, I'll make this short. But it's like... He's like the guy for the Bengals who had the, um, the late hit um, that sent them forward. Uh, he's like, Nick Wright tweeted after the game, he's like, he shouldn't even feel bad because there's no way Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have gained 20 yards or 15 yards on the next play with seven seconds. It was left. like eight yards. And I'm like, no. come on. Or, yeah, I know. So it's like, I, whatever. I I just, I, I, I'm, I'm more actively Mahomes because of that than like anything. Or actively anti-Mahomes than that because of anything else. Anyway, Mahomes has the edge. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Or at least on pace for it. Um... But he, again, is still injured. We don't know how good the ankle's going to be going into the game. Uh, and Hurts has also been a top-five quarterback this year. So it's closer than I think people might imagine because of the Mahomes injury, because of how good Hurts has been this year. I still don't think Hurts is getting enough credit. There was a reporter at the Super Bowl media day um, this week that was like, I didn't. he, he straight-up just said to Jalen Hurts, he's like, well, I didn't expect the team to make it to the Super Bowl with you. And Jalen Hurts is like, Thanks. Like I like I don't even know what you're supposed to say <laughs> to that. But I think there is still that sort of like air of like like not seeing him at, for as good as he should be. So I Mahomes is the edge, but it's close. In terms of just like offensive weapons, I'm not gonna go through like every position group, but
But no doubt, I think the Eagles have the better offensive weapons like across the board. Like, yes, the Chiefs have a better tight end than Travis Kelsey, but wide receivers, I don't think it's even anywhere close. The Eagles' wide receivers are way better, and I think their running game is way better too. Not only is Hurts a threat in the running game in a way that Mahomes isn't, but I think the three-headed monster that the Eagles have of Sanders, Gainwell, and Scott is better than what Pacheco can largely offer. Um, in the trenches, the Eagles have the advantage on both the offensive and defensive line. Um, the Eagles have the fewest sacks allowed this year and the most sacks, so they are dominant on both sides of the ball. The Eagles' secondary is much better than the Chiefs. Um, the Eagles have the fewest pass yards allowed per game this year, and they had 17 interceptions this year to the Chiefs' 11. Special teams, maybe not a huge factor in this game, but if you squint at it, the Eagles look better. They had longer punts on average and better kickoff returns on average. And that just brings us to coaching. Um, I think Andy Reid does have the edge there. He's more experienced. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been there before, uh, to use a cliche. But Sirianni and Steichen and Gannon schemes have been really good this year. I think they'll do enough to keep up with the Chiefs, especially because I think they do have that huge talent advantage sort of across the board, except for, again, a quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I think the Eagles have the advantage in most areas, except for quarterback and coaching. I'm officiating. The Chiefs have the edge, but that's another point. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with basically everything you said, Lucas. However, the, I read a good uh, athletic article about how there are some things that the Eagles are weak against that the Chiefs and Andy Reid will almost certainly try to exploit. So, uh, I, like, if it becomes a shootout, I can definitely see the, the Chiefs hanging in there, and it could be as good as the Eagles' defense is. I think something we talked about before is that the Eagles haven't really played any good quarterbacks. So we don't really know, right? Like the best quarterback they played against was what mm-hmm. Dak this year, but yeah, maybe T yeah. Law. Like I don't know. Yeah. It, it hasn't yeah. been like a great on, on paper. They definitely and Dak tore them up around. too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Anyone else have any Eagles Chiefs based thoughts? I think the Eagles are in a good position. I think that, like, all things considered, I don't know. Obviously, I want the Eagles to win because I'm an Eagles fan. Uh, but I also just am, like, just so anti-Chiefs because of Nick Wright at this point that I also just want to see them lose <laughs> That's because fair. of that. I don't, I don't know why this has become such, like, a vendetta, but I literally stopped following him on Twitter because I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, following him was like your he first said that mistake. if the Chiefs... Yeah. That's a great point. Uh, well, I mean, his whole, like, top 100 NBA players I loved. Um, and I'm sorry to anybody listening who wanted sports analysis and it's <laughs> the Nick Wright show part two. But, um, yeah. Well, and then he's like, this past week, him and Colin Coward were like, I think that if you had Mac Jones on the 49ers, they would have destroyed the Eagles in that game. Like, yeah, they would have. What would've. are you talking about? Why Mac Jones? <laughs> are you <serious>? like... <laughs> Pick a random, not great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so but it's back even if the Chiefs' defense isn't elite, I think the offense for the Chiefs uh, is elite and will add a level of stress and pressure to the Eagles' offense to perform that the 49ers were not able to with or without Mac Jones. Um, <clears throat> Mahomes is like the level of quarterback similar to Brady that if you make a mistake or don't play perfectly, he can get the Chiefs back into the game in any position. I mean, we saw it plenty of times this year. We've seen it plenty of times in years past where he's always in a position to make a play. 
And he's always in a position to go out there and, and score in some capacity or um, drive enough to get into a field goal position. And, and I do agree that um, even if he didn't get hit late out of bounds, he did get out of bounds and he got the first down on that one scramble play against the Bengals. And I do think that he would have gotten just a rudimentary eight-yard play to get be able to kick a game-winning field goal. Um, so I just think the one thing about the Eagles and, and them not being battle-tested is that they've been able to play roughly without having to worry about making mistakes. They blew the 49ers out pretty early. The Giants were never really in an opportunity for it. And um, back to the 49ers, Brock Purdy going down completely eliminates any opportunity for the 49ers to put any stress, not just on the defense, but being able to expand their playbook, make a couple big plays, make the Eagles go out there and perform well, because there was a little bit of a dry spell as well for the Eagles in that 49ers game. It's not like they went down and scored every single drive. So um, one of the biggest things is that they are going to have to play perfectly, to be honest, against the Chiefs, who I think, you know, don't get enough credit, even if we call Mahomes one of the greatest ever. I think that it, it's still like they, they're, they're so good that it's impossible to look back on anything the Eagles have done and say that they can replicate anything from those past games to implement into this. Well, they can implement their pass rush. That's Lucas has talked about this before, too. The Chiefs apparently this year are pretty bad against teams that are good at rushing the passer, and the Eagles are better than like any team since yeah. like the 90s, was it, in terms of <laughs> sacks per game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, I hear you. And that's, that. yeah. That's why they crumbled against the Bucks a few years ago, right? It was the pass rush. Mm-hmm. The much, whole so. line was out. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that, yeah. that's true. That's true. Yeah, but, but like one know. of the two teams good that they series. played that was really good at it was the Colts this year, and they lost that game. I think largely because of the pass rush. Sorry, Aiden, mm-hmm. you were saying something. No, no, nothing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's like hard to understate how good the Eagles' pass rush is too, but we'll see. Well, how good are they, Lucas? Quantify it. Who's going to win this game? Uh, well, you know I love quantifying things. Uh, the Eagles are going to win 35-31. Oh, high scoring. I uh, think high scoring, but yeah, it'll work out in the end. Gotcha. I'm going to say a little bit lower scoring. I'm going to say the Chiefs, too, just because I am too scared to bet against Patrick Mahomes in this case. And I am, I am kind of worried about the Eagles being battle tested if they've really played like their Mickey Mouse schedule and everything, you know what I mean? So I'm going to say Chiefs 28-27. Very close game. I think it's very close, but I am going to go Chiefs. Bart? Um, I've had the Eagles in number one in my power rankings for as long as I can remember. I have to take the Eagles still. I think they will pound the rock, grind the clock down, and keep Mahomes off the field for the most part. I'm going to say... 27 to 21 Eagles. Okay, Aiden. Yeah, I'm also going Chiefs. Jared, I'm going Chiefs 33-30. I, I, this is, I feel like, the hardest Super Bowl I've had to pick in a while. Um, but mm-hmm. And I agree with what Lucas said, that they have the advantage at pretty much every position group besides quarterback, at least like if we're talking about offense to start with. Um, but the Chiefs still have the better offense on the year. And maybe that's inflated by the fact that they were in more shootouts um, than the Eagles. But 
I feel like that's they at least have that side of the ball. You could definitely make the case that they're better there. And yeah, I've, I just don't want to bet against Mahomes, who seems like he's on a bit of a mission after getting blown out in the Super Bowl, not making it last year. Maybe I'm sounding like Nick Wright. Um, I, I don't know. I've never actually listened to him, but um, I'm giving the Chiefs the edge. Why? What do you think? I am also going to pick vote. the Chiefs. I'm going to go 30-24. I, I piggyback everything I said. I just don't think that um, there's been a team that can apply the same level of pressure versus the opposite where I think the Chiefs have been pressured and have shown that they can overcome such things, both this year and years past. Mm-hmm. Why are you all so scared to bet against Mahomes? He's won one Super Bowl. He's been the best know. player in the league like the last, what, four years or so? Four seasons? Yeah, but uh, his track record of winning Super Bowls is the same as Matt Stafford at that time. It's better than Jalen Hurts' really... track record. I don't know. He hasn't won a Super <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bowl. Yeah, I mean, he's fewer attempts. <laughs> I don't know. I'm yeah, with you, Lucas. Like... Fly, Eagles, fly, baby. <laughs> 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 my camera's off because my Wi-Fi is bad, but I'm, I'm flapping my wings. <laughs> well, before we flap into the next, fly into the next segment of first, uh, a word from our sponsors. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, All new customers can get in on Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check out DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern to see what prop bets will be boosted. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet just $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with codes TPPN. All right, back to the show. Big news in the NBA. Kyrie Irving requested a trade and was promptly dealt by the Nets to the Dallas Mavericks to pair up with Luka. Wyatt, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on this move and this situation? I'm not a fan of the move, but I wouldn't be a fan for any team that traded for him, to be honest. Um, regardless of where he went, this would have been a C- to lower grade for me. Um, this is a short-term rental of all short-term rentals, and the length of the term is completely in the hands of Kyrie Irving and what he decides he wants to do. This could be three weeks. This could be two months. This could be the remainder of the season, but I don't think at any point Kyrie Irving can, can't, he can't help himself but to just like blow something up and completely ruin everything. Let's just go back a couple of years. Here's a timeline of a couple of notable moves from Kyrie Irving since 2017 when he got traded from the Cleveland Cavaliers to the Boston Celtics. Obviously, we'll start there. In 2017, he gets shipped off to Boston. 2018, he says to season ticket holders, if you guys will have me back, I plan to re-sign next year. A few months later, he says, at the end of the day, I'm going to do what's best for me in my career. I don't owe anybody blank. 2019, he obviously leaves and he signs with Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. In 2020... Early 2020, he gets Kenny Atkinson fired. Steve Nash gets hired. He says he doesn't believe in the idea of a head coach and that anybody could have coached that team. And then he misses a bunch mm-hmm. of games early 2021 due to personal reasons. And they later find out that, or at least a video surfaced, that he went into his sister's birthday party. 
Um, at 2021, he refused to get vaccinated as well and became a part-time employee after a two-month absence away from the Brooklyn Nets. 2022, disgruntled James Harden gets traded before the All-Star break because Kyrie Irving has been absent both in just health reasons and the vaccine reason. And then also same time that year in 2022, he sees himself as a cornerstone of the franchise and he requests a trade a month after saying that. Then he promoted an anti-Semitic tweet or a video uh, and served a five-game suspension for doing so. And then five months go by and he's requested his second trade from the Brooklyn Nets, which obviously uh, led to him get dealt to the Dallas Mavericks. Of course, in that time, Steve Nash did also get fired and a handful of other things might have happened. But um, now the Dallas Mavericks have to squint their eyes and turn their head and try to see a different outcome from the five-year body of work of completely disastrous and outright random moves that Kyrie Irving has decided to make uh, for, at three other franchises. And now in, in Dallas has to act like this is going to be any different from what he has done before. I don't know. It's Is Kyrie what I like? It, it'd be crazy to sign Kyrie to any sort of long-term deal or anything, right? But I think if you're trying to make a playoff run, Kyrie can help. You're trying to maximize Luka's um, window. I say like, I, I don't like hate it that much, honestly. Because all you give you give up like a twenty twenty seven draft pick, like who knows where you're going to be picking there? If it's a late first rounder, like probably uh, not a good t- or twenty twenty seven second round pick, twenty twenty nine first round pick, and then another second pick. You get rid of Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney Smith. Like I think that's a totally fair trade, honestly. Like th- those draft picks are probably if Luca's still good at that time, those draft picks aren't going to mean anything to you at that point. And we know how much of a crapshoot the NBA draft can be. Um, and like Kyrie can hit big shots in the playoffs. Like he hit, he hit the dagger against the Warriors to help Cleveland win the championship there. Um, and I don't hate that they tried something. Yeah, I think that's that's better than doing nothing. Yeah. But I think like the the, the like there's the the ceiling on this isn't that high, and the floor is like potentially super low. Like it's I rock think bottom. That, like, no, it's not. Lucas, the floor still is there. rock yeah, bottom. No, no, they no, no, gave no. up Spencer no, Dinwiddie. No, no. Kyle, <laughs> no, but I would, and I would go ahead. No, 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 sorry, no, no. Lucas, but, you finish yours. Listen, like Kyrie, like no, no, no. I'm like, how much? I don't think first Kyrie moves the needle like a ton for this team. Like, yes, he's the best player that Lucas ever played with, but like for everything Wyatt said, like you don't know whether he's gonna play one game or the next. I don't know like how much his head's in the game, and then like the downside of this is that like. He's almost certainly going to leave on the offseason. Like, I would put it at, like, 70 to 80%. He probably leaves in the offseason. And then you have given up. Like, I think he gave up nothing. Luka he gave up almost nothing. I don't know. I don't think you've given up anything. They, they leave They leave Luka with, like, the worst roster in the NBA around him. Like, but... I, I would not be shocked if this, like, in some ways expedites Luka's exit from the match. But was, like, Spencer Dinwiddie part of the future for them? Or even, like, Dorian Finney-Smith's a good it's... role player. But, like, I don't see either of those guys... Like, I feel like this year, they were potentially screwed regardless. Like, they're a 500 team right now, right? Like, clearly, we've seen from past playoff runs, too. They just, they don't have it. Do I think Kyrie will give them it? I, no, but at least, like, it's something different. And I don't think they threw away, like, future, any, like, real pieces of their future here. Yeah. No, but I think in the sense that it's, like... I could understand this move if it were somebody who would, like, stick around, but you've traded away, like, two good role players to essentially, like, lose Kyrie in three months. Like, it just doesn't seem like... like I don't think this move is going to help this much this year. And then I think going forward, like, they're just going to 
have worse role players going into next year for Luka to play around. Like, I think it's just, like, unless you get Kyrie to sign a deal, like, I don't love the future on this. I don't so. I don't even think the Mavericks are thinking of a future. Like, like I said, I think it'd be crazy to sign him to a long-term deal. You roll the dice with him as a rental, hopefully see what you can get out of him. I think you know you know that this team, before the pre-Kyrie Irving trade, is not good enough to win a championship. You know, you and pretty much know that. They're still not good enough to win a championship. Kyrie Irving has not contributed to a meaningful game of basketball since he was paired up with LeBron James back in Cleveland. Every single step along the way after that has been, it's been inconsequential to his impact in the game. And not only just obviously all the stuff I listed of him being absent and it's going to continue. I believe that he's going to be absent both with health reasons and personal reasons. But just from like a a regular sense, how many games has he impacted the result of in a positive way? Any? I mean, not many at all. (laughs) Probably some. I don't know. The Nets were 18 and one before Durant got injured in like the 19 games before he got injured. I feel like they had, and obviously Durant's there, but like Kyrie was definitely helping matters when he was, you know, quiet for that little bit. Yeah, quiet for yeah. five months. Yeah, exactly. Furry. That's that's as much as you can ask. So that's all you need. That's all you. The Mavericks uh, need though. They don't need him to be quiet for. I this just does not feel like a very they serious move or a move that they like. If the Lakers had traded Russell Westbrook in two first round picks, it would have been no big deal because one, he's going back to LeBron James, and Anthony Davis is also on the roster. For the Mavericks, if you trade away probably two of your best role players, maybe outside of Christian Wood. Uh, for Kyrie Irving, it's it's almost a lateral move. It's it's not going to impact anything for them. It's not going to impact what like. Do you, we think that getting to the Western Conference Finals, they'll now make the finals? Does this make them the favorites now? Does anybody believe here that they're now the favorites in the West? Not at all. But before this, they were worse. I'm pretty. I don't know. I, I believe that at least. But they're right where they were. Yeah. They were. I mean, they weren't the favorites before. They're not the favorites after. I don't. I, I don't but think that they were. There's levels to this. It's not just like a binary. Like, like you can improve. Yeah, sure. I don't think they're favorites by any means, but I think they've improved their chances a bit. I feel like it was a desperate move. Them trying to show Luca that they're willing to build something. And it's gonna, it's probably gonna backfire. It's gonna Nobody's talking yeah. about the fact they're both extremely ball dominant guards. They both need the ball in their hands, and one of them is gonna mm-hmm. need to adjust the way he plays. And I don't know if either of them are capable of doing that. Uh, I feel like if anything, it's gonna be Kyrie, and then Luca and Kyrie are gonna have beef. But also, we've talked about Dorian a lot. Dorian was one of their best defensive players, so yeah. they're a team that's already really good offensively, already bad defensively, and now that gap is only gonna get exacerbated. I also don't feel like this has actually moved the needle that much. I mean, how many times have we seen super offensive dominant teams thrive in the playoffs with bad mm-hmm. defenses? It's a stretch, I think, to think that. And last year, like why I was saying, they were in the Western Conference Finals. And so now, for this to be considered a success, they need to win it all. I think otherwise, like, they gave up draft picks that they could have used to help A 2029 draft pick. We're not going to get there as a society. <laughs> a no, it doesn't matter. As well, right? <laughs> what? Wasn't one of them? A... No, 2027 yeah. was second rounders. I mean, if you care about yeah. second rounders. Oh, There's, sure. Okay. There's one. But it still rounder, feels right? like, ah, I don't know. Well, if Kyrie it, leaves, then they've sold out to try to get Luka to stay. And it's it might end up actually, like I Luka just don't. Said. I agree with Jared, really though. I, don't, I think they much. know that. I think they understand <laughs> yeah. that. Like, they're giving up Dinwiddie in one more silly. year on his contract that's after this. That's a silly this, move. And you'll be off the payroll. Like, why would you, like, you could buy someone else who's as good uh, as Spencer Dinwiddie. 
I like. I, don't know. I mean, I have to. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I question whether adding a drama queen like Kyrie is like whether it's maybe actually a net negative. I, I yeah, I guess we'll see how much he plays. It totally could be. I just think they're taking a shot at something. Sure. Like they understand it's risky, right? Yeah, playing the lottery yeah, doesn't I mean, make on. you brave though. Like it's just like it's not like you just you put yourself out there. It, it's just as silly as anything else. I I don't look at this as, and see this as like a serious move from a serious franchise. And I, and I agree with Lucas that this might have expedited his exit out of there in three years when he's a free agent. Right now, if if this move doesn't result, like let's say Kyrie leaves and they have the $35 million in cap space to go and get somebody else. If nothing else forms out of this deal, there's no way I as Luca would be able to take the Mavericks seriously going forward. And I think this is the first step in that domino of of what can happen for them but can you take them seriously now i like <laughs> yeah they're 27 and 26 or something yeah. i mean fill, filling out the roster with good role yeah. players is to me better than taking a risk on Kyrie irving and then wait until the off season yeah yeah but then they can to some degree and they've lost the first rounder sure but in 2029 like that's in in look for the right i'm booking this right now i don't know if that 2029 first rounder is gonna become a superstar or not uh, let's say it, i i'm gonna say you're, you're he doesn't it? i'm gonna say he doesn't become a superstar <laughs> okay. let's loop back to that in <laughs> six years becomes. i don't think that matters i'm not okay. worried about the first rounders i you know that i don't think first round picks in basketball mean anything unless of, of course it becomes like zion like the pelicans did right um yeah i just for the most part i just they could have there were so many other deals they could have gone, gone out there and and gotten and i think from the Kyrie Irving deal as well. We saw that there are other teams dangling out trade pieces out there. Zach Levine um, is available. Russell Westbrook is available. The the Jazz have pieces available. Like we know that these players that there are players available out there who tried to play or tra- trade for Kyrie as well. And I think the Dallas Mavericks could have taken one of those other moves instead of just going for Kyrie. Yeah, like, I think that, like, adopting a, bo- a model kind of like what the Bucks used to win, like, is much more, like, realistic for them than Dallas did. Like, they're, like, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are, like, good players, but nobody would consider them anywhere close to, like, a superstar. Like, I think you have to, like, tinker a bit to, like, add just, like, a really strong and solid deep and supporting cast around Luka. And I think what they're doing now takes you further away from that. Like, I think not only are you less deep, you have less good role players, and now you have, like, somebody who's, like, a a question mark. I don't know. I just don't love it. Besides the Bucks, though, Bucks though, every team has been a super team. That's one. That's one at all. Before that, the Bucks are the the exception. Like the Sixers have been trying to do that. You know, it hasn't worked out for them. The Suns have been trying to do that. It hasn't worked out for them. I don't know. They tried something. I'm okay with it, but. Yeah, they tried. What about <laughs> they tried <laughs> earlier this summer too? Kevin Durant requested a trade uh, from the Nets. Obviously, then stayed. What do you think this move? How do you think this move affects Kevin Durant and like the Nets? His situation with the Nets. Uh, I don't think this impacts it at all. To be honest, I mean, I think that they yeah. have a clear exit to say, you know what, none of this actually worked. Um, Here's the thing about the Nets is they haven't done a good job either. It's not like 
they have gone out there and really put together a fantastic team. I know that signing Kyrie Irving is like one of the biggest mistakes that they've made, but also trading away James Harden was a huge mistake for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is now an immovable piece for them. Um, and I think that a duo of James Harden and Kevin Durant would be extremely formidable, you know, in today's game. But um, for as far as Kevin Durant goes, like they have good role players, and I can see a situation. We'll see if that helps him win a super championship. Uh, you know, okay, I'll book this. They'll go further than the Mavs with Kyrie Irving, I think, or at least the role players will have a bigger impact than Kyrie Irving will with Dallas. I think Luke is better. So How are we that quantifying might, that? That might yeah, cancel out. But. Playoff box plus minus. <laughs> yeah, there we go. P-E-R. P-E-R. <laughs> uh, but they have good role players, and I can see them. As, it seems like they're going to go out there and make one more move to see if they can add like another like a Chris Middleton type. Not Chris Middleton, of course, but a type player to go along with Durant and see what they can do. I feel like Durant's just going to request a trade again. <laughs> I would be salty. I yeah. mean, he asked for one in the offseason. Yeah. They were like, no, screw you. We're just going to fire Steve Nash instead. And then now Kyrie asks one, and like uh-huh. two days later, Immediately, he's traded. I know. <laughs> Durant, yeah. because yeah. like Kyrie, saying, Kyrie like, wasn't. Ben Simmons is not a, a sustainable second best option on a team. Durant is going to no. get frustrated <laughs> very quickly, I think, with how bad they are or how much he has to carry. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to ask out very soon. It's frustrating for him because he's got three years left on his contract, though. So I don't know. I also don't know if he's got a no trade yeah. clause or not. But yeah, he's gonna want out. Although I don't know. Unless the emergence of Cam Thomas oh, in yeah. his last three games is 43, oh, yeah. 47, 44, <laughs> is averaging whatever the math is on that. Uh, I don't know, like forty three points a game. That's crazy. It's pretty good. Forty four points a game. Yeah, crazy. Just, but why would Brooklyn? trade Kevin Durant because I mean all they're really getting is like 20 27 first rounders and again they've <laughs> they've butchered so many deals they don't have it's not like they're gonna start like it, it's when the Thunder traded away a bunch of pieces when, when Kevin Durant um left and they traded Westbrook and then they picked up Paul George and then they traded Paul George and they picked up Chris Paul and Kimball Walker and they traded those guys and they got all the picks they've been able to use those picks up until now for the next 50 years uh, but for 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 the Brooklyn, they would live in basketball purgatory up until like 2029 when those players really started to become established and developed. What would they possibly have to gain outside of one of the biggest draft halls in, in NBA history by trading Kevin Durant? Like, I don't I don't know if there was a move that puts them further ahead in rebuild mode um, outside of already having Kevin Durant, unless they can go and they can trade for Victor Wimendyama. Or something, but obviously no one's gonna do that deal. So, like, I just I don't know. I don't know why they would do that. It doesn't put them anywhere. In fact, it probably sets them farther back. Well, you know what sets you further forward? Liking this podcast and smashing that download button on your way out. Um, you know where to find us on social media. That's at lunchpaleguys underscore. That's Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. As always, thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you later this week for our second episode.